Pick 6 Podcast. It's a Thursday edition. Will Brinson joined by John Breach because we have breaking NFL news as our first topic. If you're new to the show, the way we do it is we do six topics for five minutes. Podcast is about 30 minutes. It's going to drop daily. Subscribe on iTunes if you like the new format. Rate, review it. Give me some credit because my bosses, Lord know, need something to like me for. John Breach, at John Breach on Twitter, my colleague at CBS Sports. Our breaking news that John's been covering live from Nashville. The Titans have new uniforms! You know, Brenton, when that <laughs> announcement started at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, I was pretty excited. Then when they milked that thing out for 45 minutes, I was like, they're going to need to unveil new uniforms by the time this new uniform, they're going to be onto a third uniform. It just They just kept going and going, but I think it was all worth it because I like the new look. I've got to ask you, John, what was the most ridiculous thing? Because I think, so you point this, point out this in Slack. Um, is it that they had a, a guy emceeing it? Is it that they had a band there? Am I correct that they had a band? Or is it that they shut down the busiest street in Nashville to throw a several thousand person party in the city in order to announce these new uniforms? Uh, it was definitely a combination of all three. Look, Titans are saying 20,000 people showed up. What? They were giving away lift promo cards so you could get downtown without having to park because it's a nightmare already there was probably 15 bachelorette parties there because it's nashville and that's what happens i mean the place was a circus and you were right about the band it was florida georgia line they closed down broadway and this thing was just a giant party you know the jaguars are unveiling new uniforms in two weeks and you know good luck jacksonville because i don't think you're gonna top that were you you live in you live in and or near Nashville, Brentwood, I believe, not to give away your location, but uh for the stalkers out there, did you contemplate going down there or did your fiance and by the way, for again, John Breach, add John Breach on Twitter if you want to congratulate him. He's getting married in two weeks in Nashville. Um or did did Rachel shut it down when you were like, I'm gonna go party with Florida Georgia line? Well, you know what? I, I did think about going, but literally country music is low on my list of favorite musics and I wasn't sure I could tolerate sitting through a concert even if it's free uh so I vetoed it I sat here you know I had some inside information I knew what color the helmets were gonna be gotta get the story up on the internet and uh you know and and it got up and I love their baby blue jerseys yeah let's talk about those those the jerseys so what are the three combinations that that they have as best I could tell the is the the away jersey is the white or is that the home jersey? Yeah, away jersey is the white, and it looks like uh, they went a little color rush crazy because they now have a dark navy uniform with navy pants. Is that their home also, jersey? A, a, well, they also have a light blue uniform with light blue pants, so they have two monochrome uniform combinations, uh, which is a little weird. But uh, you know, overall, I like the look. Okay, wait. So, do you are you? And if you don't know the answer, I mean, I'll try and find it while you. Uh, Taylor Lewan, by the way, described the new helmets as badass. Good for you, Taylor Lewan. Maybe I'll pull that sound. Um, is the, am I, am I correct in understanding that the home jersey will be a navy blue shirt with white font, navy blue pants, and a navy blue helmet? Is that right? Yes. So wow. that, that's the crazy color rush thing. They're like, that's out a color drastic change. It is a drastic change. And then obviously the, the road whites and, uh, you know, we saw their color rush last year. They wear the, the Smurf outfits. They're, <laughs> stick, they're sticking with those a little bit of change up on the shoulder pads where they've got a slightly different design. Uh, but they are sticking with 
the Smurf outfit, which is good for because people love the Smurfs. You know, Papa Smurf, Smurfette, Jokey Smurf, I'm we, Big Smurf. We call it Carolina Blue around here, but we'll give you Smurf uh, since you're in Tennessee. And it looks like the the alternates, which will be their throwbacks or their um, they can or their, you know whatever they want to call it, the 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 light blue with a dark. Um, navy blue lettering with a white outline around the font and then the navy blue helmet so it seems like these navy blue helmets are wait these navy blue helmets are just their helmets now right is that right in every one of the uniform combos yeah yeah there's no alternate helmets in the nfl by the way if you're listening i would say google all these images or go to my twitter page and then look at the pictures and then rewind this conversation and start it over so you know exactly what we're talking about but yeah they ditched the white helmets for the first time since they moved to tennessee and they're going with navy blue which is uh kind of a crazy move i kind of like it um i don't think it's going to be popular but i feel i feel like it's more um it's more aggressive looking and i like aggressive helmet look helmet looks in the nfl the the other thing that sort of pops out about this and they made it made a big deal out of it i was watching the the nike video the nike production video about these uniforms is the font and I gotta say, I, at first glance, I don't think I love it. Although it may be an upgrade over their previous font. The, the, the issue I think I have with it is that they're trying to match the font of numbers with the, I'm doing air quotes here, the font of their T on the helmets, which is sort of a, a, a sword style font. It's, it's like they're trying to make the numbers look sorty, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. You know, the problem with that is that I'm looking at one of these jerseys and a three looks like a, a sideways, sideways M. M. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want my numbers looking like letters. I want my numbers <laughs> looking like numbers. So, you know, maybe they blew it with the font, but that's, I like the sword on the shoulder pads. I think that's a cool addition. Uh, they've got red stars on the neckline that they, you couldn't really see during the unveiling tonight. I like the red Nike swoosh. Uh, but yeah, the numbers, the numbers were probably the, the big ugly for this unveiling. Did you did you see the the Nike video, the production video at all, where they talked about it? Um, they they were basically they said Amy Adams Strunk, the owner, had a meeting with Nike executives in the NFL in Nashville, one meeting to start, and then they decided that they couldn't, they didn't want to meet in Nashville anymore because they were worried people would find out what what was going on. So they decided um, they they decided to meet at a neutral location, and ended up having like meetings in secret and to keep these things secret. And, and that sort of makes this kind of like a joke to me. And like, I, like, I don't want to knock the uniforms, but it's sort of a joke when you, when you think that you need to be that secretive about these uniforms, which in reality, I mean, they're a change and I get that they change the, the numbers and the colors, but it's not that drastic of a, of a, of an alteration here. Well, let me tell you how crazy Titans ownership was about the uniforms. They literally had the players who saw the uniforms before today they had to sign a non-disclosure agreement saying they wouldn't describe the uniforms to what? anyone so that th- nothing would get out. And, you know, obviously those jerseys leaked earlier this week. All of a sudden, the Titans are asking the NFL to investigate. So that's how crazy it was with this uh, with these jerseys coming out. Uh, ding, which is our the new thing we do. I don't know if you heard the podcast, but instead of having an actual ding, I don't have a bell yet. But ding, I say ding loudly when we switch topics. It's, it's very popular. Um, I was going to bring a bell because I knew about your guys' ding, but this was last minute. That's fine. Um, speaking of investigations, there's an investigation going on, John Breach, into whether or not Von Miller, star pass rusher of the Denver Broncos, killed a hammerhead shark. This is, this is, this is a headline in April, I guess. 
You know, if you're going to have a crazy off-season headline, this checks all the boxes. Let's take a former Super Bowl MVP. Let's throw PETA in there, uh, a hammerhead shark that is the size of an elephant, and, you know, throw in South Beach just for good measure, and now he's being investigated. I mean, this story is absolutely nuts. It really is. Here's your title. Von Miller being investigated over a bloody shark photo could be in hot water. That's a pretty good pun, John. And and I wish I'd written it earlier in the day. I was actually, we'll get to this in a second. I was tied up with uh, writing about Mark Ingram being chased by uh, a uh, an Italian police <laughs> dog. And so I didn't get to the Von Miller thing. Um, but it's interesting because Miller posted a picture on, I assume, either Snapchat or Instagram of him holding up what is a very bloody hammerhead shark. And hammerhead sharks, uh, as are most sharks, are on the list uh, with the Florida Wildlife Commission or uh, Conservation Commission of things that you cannot hunt and kill, but you have to land it. I believe you can't, if you, if you, I think you're, it's legal. If you bring it into the boat and then throw it back, I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I would imagine that it's hard to distinguish between the two things. And the problem is, is that even though Von Miller, like in the video they posted, he and they're like, woo, we got it. Yeah, like, yeah, we got this hammerhead shark. Oh, man. And they're like, he's like, check out where all his teeth are. And they're, and they're like laughing at it. And it's bloody and all that. Even though they did all that, they still ultimately threw it back. And you can't prove that they killed the shark or kept the shark. So I think that Von Miller will uh, will swim out of this one. Well, and that's the thing is you have PETA just saying, hey, he killed the shark. And now it's almost like uh, he said, she said, is the shark dead? Is the shark alive? <laughs> yeah. Like, Somebody needs to go in the ocean, hunt down the shark, and this could put Von Miller in jail if that shark is dead. So, you know, like, if you got the Broncos on the schedule, you're the Raiders, John Gruden, use some of that $100 million, get a private investigator out there and (laughs) look for that hammerhead shark, because if that thing is dead, Von Miller is, like, in some serious trouble. What was the more ridiculous headline? The Von Miller, uh, PETA chases after Von Miller for bloody shark photo, and Miller is investigated by the FWC, or... Uh, I believe that I wrote the, the, the story, the headline. This is a fun headline. You don't, you don't normally get to write these headlines, but it was, um, let's see, where is it? I think the actual headline is Mark Ingram horse collared by, uh, Italian security dog on NFL USO tour. Uh, well, I'm just going to say that if I see any headline that says an NFL running back got horse collared by a dog, I'm clicking that. 100,000. <laughs> percent of the time and you know i i get we get these email chains with all these stories and that was one of the first stories i saw when i was checking my email chain this morning and i was like what in the name of god could this possibly be (laughs) click it and all of a sudden it's exactly what the headline says and those are my favorite stories when they're so absurd you're like maybe that's an exaggeration and then it's not an exaggeration at all mark ingram is being torn apart by this dog yeah it didn't uh i don't think it did a bunch of traffic but you know it is what it is it was a fun story to write uh, from that perspective, the thing the thing that was weird about the the Ingram thing is he said on a later video he's like, well, I was it was peer pressure that made me do it, and he actually got chased by the dog three different times, and the dog bit him twice, and he shrugged the dog off, and then finally his friends told him to juke the dog, and so he tried to juke the dog, and the, and the dog, I mean, if you watch it, like if that's a kid and a gorilla in in a zoo. That gorilla is getting shot, right? I mean, like he gets tossed like a rag doll by this police dog. I mean, absolutely. And you know what? Look, let's give a shout out to the uh, NFL.com guys real quick because they just come up with the most absurd video. You had Hansu show up at the Super Bowl. He's the one that got the Tom Brady yeah. jersey video. And then 
Mark Sessler shooting uh, Ingram getting attacked by a dog. I mean, talk about being in the right place at the right time. I'm almost sad I don't have video of Gronk in the leprechaun outfit now. By the way, yeah, you should have gotten that at your bachelor party. By the way, it, this should be no surprise, but um, the Von Miller story doing a ton of traffic, the uh, the Mark Ingram story doing no traffic. Yeah, yeah, say la vie. It is what it is. But I hung out with uh, Hansus and Ingram and uh, Sessler at the uh, at the owners' meetings, and it should be no surprise to anyone that they are out there landing great video content. Ding! Uh, this is kind of a serious one. Wait, if, well, before we go there, let me defend yeah. myself then. Uh, no video of the Gronk thing because I was literally too drunk to work the video button on my phone. It was a bachelor party. It was late in the day. It just wasn't happening. No, I don't think you want to have video around your bachelor party. You want to avoid video of your bachelor party at all costs. Blackmail. It's blackmail. Ex- exactly. Uh, I already dinged it. So Julian Edelman stopped a school shooting threat. What about that headline? Uh, that thing is, uh, you know, we're talking about crazy headlines but this is a serious but also crazy headline to think about how this all came together you just have uh some random kid in michigan leaving a school shooting threat on julian edelman's instagram like how do you even react to that and obviously everyone here reacted exactly how they should have to stop this but you know that's a disconcerting situation i think the the, the really the thing that stood out to me by the way that story also did a lot of traffic but more importantly you know it's good for you, John. Good for you. Um, the uh, <laughs> I'm, doing I'm getting well. married. Yeah, you're getting married. Yeah, you need to get your traffic in now. Um, <laughs> the Edelman thing is interesting because this kid goes into the comments and he writes just randomly, like out of nowhere on an Instagram post, I'm going to shoot up my school. And if you looked at it, you saw the, the comment that somebody else replied to him with. It was like a it was a an emoji. that was like, yeah, you know, a, like a, a big eye, you know, like yikes emoji. And. I think that it, that's interesting from a to get serious for a second from a, the perspective of when somebody says something like that, we're, it's almost so uncomfortable and so weird that our response is just to be like "whoa" and not to say anything to the authority. You know, like like you don't you just sort of like "whoa, that guy's crazy." I'm going to stay away from that guy. But in 2018, if somebody says something like that with the with the way that uh, guns are able to be gotten by people who have bad motives and, and crazy motives. You got to do what Julian Edelman and his assistant did, and you got to go and report that to the authorities. So credit to them. I mean, you know, like we don't know if something was actually going to happen, but this kid was in possession of two rifles that his mama. That's that's crazy. So it, it goes back to the old uh, airport and school and adage, like the airport adage: if you see something, say something, right? Yeah, and, and you know the thing you're saying about the uh, first person responding, which is kind of a yikes and an emoji. It's it. I think one of the problems is that we've kind of become desensitized like it's so sad that school shootings happen so often people yeah. will see this and they don't think any you, you're kind of thinking oh maybe that kid just wants attention like i'm not even going to respond to that when in fact that kid might go shoot up his school next week so people do need to be vigilant and so good for this guy that shot julian edelman uh a dm a dm and good for julian edelman for having his dms open to everyone <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah so that he can read stuff like that you know because most celebrities don't have their dms open and uh, I mean, Edelman might have saved a lot of lives by having those open. And it's kind of crazy that it just, you know, his assistant's located in Boston. She calls Boston police. Uh, they immediately get the search warrants they need to find out the IP address of where that comment came from. Then they discover that's in Michigan. And keep in mind that Julian Edelman is in Texas while all this is happening. 
So this hunt starts in Texas, goes to Massachusetts, and ends in Michigan where that 14-year-old kid was. So, I mean, this was like a national manhunt online, and now they have this kid, and he's in Juvie Hall. Yeah, shout-out to the authorities for, um, for, for, for doing the work that they did in that as well. Ding, not to move on and uh, – <laughs> To, but, you know, the, yeah, it's kind of weird to end it like that, right? Um, Tom Brady, not sad, according to a report from Ian Rappaport of NFL Media about the Patriots dealing Brandon Cooks. Are you surprised that Tom Brady is fine with uh, with Brandon Cooks leaving? And people want a lot of analysis on that. I know the trade just happened like 24 hours ago. We have a whole podcast on the Pick 6 thread uh, with Ben Volan of the Boston Globe from yesterday, talk, breaking it all down from every single angle. But feel free to dive into anything you thought about with in relation to Cooks and, and the Patriots and quarterbacks and, and what uh, Brady, Brady reportedly fine with Cooks getting shipped out. I think that Brady and Belichick are finally talking. I'm sure Bill mm. just went up and said, look, man, we're going to get you a good receiver. And Brandon Cooks is not that good receiver. And guess what? I can get a first-round pick, so I'm dumping him out of here as soon as possible. And Brady was probably fine with that. And then, you know, obviously there's that Schefter report that Gronk's not going to get traded. And if Brady knows Gronk's not going to get traded, then he knows he has Gronk coming back. He knows he has uh, – they're going to get a wide receiver. There's just no doubt they're going to get a wide receiver with one of their first four picks. Mm. And, and so I think Brady at this point thinks anything would be an upgrade from Cooks. And you know what? Who knows if Cooks – is even recovered yet from that hit he took in the Super Bowl. Like, my head still hurts from that. So, uh, you know, who even knows if he would have been any better in 2018? Yeah, and as Ben pointed out yesterday, Brandon Cooks, 7 of 26 on third down catches last year. That's terrible. I mean, like, that's not what – in the Patriots offense, you know, it's great that he went over 1,000 yards and was heavily targeted and all that. Um, You can't be a guy who is – Completing or getting, I think it's, I mean, I did my, maybe I did my math wrong and I'm, and I, yeah, no, 27%. That's 27%. When your percentage number is the same number as your target number, that's a bad thing. And, and Cooks is not an efficient receiver. He was explosive. Maybe he gets a little bit better with time. I, John, I tend to think that he's like the, um, he's like the, the, the mid thirties, uh, you know, guy or gal who, who's like, really successful has a like a degree from harvard or or whatever else makes a lot of money isn't married and there's just a giant red flag lingering does that does that hold up that 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 uh comparison i mean since you're kind of describing me i don't know how i feel you're about getting that, married but, you're getting married yeah, i'm mid-30s and i'm not married so yeah, but you went to uh, uh, miami ohio you didn't go to like, like you're not that successful i mean like, <laughs> I, I, i'm on a podcast with you I, i'm not successful before. either i'm just saying <laughs> uh you know what? I was I didn't want to steal Ben's Bolin stat, and so I'm glad you brought it up. And here's the thing: is that it shows you how much Brady didn't trust Brandon Cooks. Just watch any of their playoff games. I mean, that's why he was going to Danny Amendola on every clutch play. Yeah. It's because you know in his head he's like, uh, Brandon's going to drop this. Brandon's going to run a bad route. Brandon's 27 percent on third down. I'm not giving that guy the ball. And so that's what he's doing. The whole second half of the Super Bowl, he went to Gronk, and then the two games before that, he went to Danny Amendola. So, you know. Brady wasn't using Cooks in clutch time, so I don't think he cares that the dude's gone. Yeah, he should be a good fit with the Rams, but it is weird that the, both the Saints and um, and the Patriots, two teams that, that know how to utilize weapons, will have gotten rid of him in the span of, in the span of two years. I like the trade for the Patriots. Uh, signing, by the way, um, shout out! I'm going to get fat doing this podcast because I do it every night and I and I drink beer when I do it. Um, Tropical Lightning by Wilmington Brewing Company. 
their West Coast style West Coast style IPA. Highly recommend. You probably can't get it anywhere, but if anybody lives in North Carolina and listens to this podcast, check out Wilmington Brewing. Very good. Um, also very good. The Ravens for signing RG three. Why not? What did you think about the decision by Baltimore to back up Joe Flacco, the Super Bowl MVP from the 2012 season, with RG three, the Rookie of the Year from the 2012 season? I don't think it's that crazy. I know some people are ripping it because RG3 has been out of football for a year. But if you look at how he did with Cleveland, and mind you, the Browns were horrible. They were trash when he played for that team. Yeah. And he wasn't bad. Like, if he can stay healthy, I would love to see what RG3 can do. And he's the last quarterback to win a game for the Browns. Any (laughs) quarterback who has ever won a game for the Browns should get, like, an MVP vote. Just, like, a courtesy MVP vote so that we all remember, hey, that guy ran, won a game with the Browns during their trash period. So I'm all on board with this. I know a lot of people are saying, hey, Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. And I I get that argument, but I am completely on board with RG3, and I want to see what he can do in Baltimore. Yeah, and the thing is, Joe Flacco is expected to be healthy and to play 16 games in in 2018. And if he does, I don't think anybody's going to – plan to see rg3 but if you give rg3 a year to work in that system and to also you know sort of get his confidence back and to and to to play to to practice in the pocket and to learn under a guy like joe flacco who even if we don't believe he's elite is at least a an above average i mean or okay he's an average quarterback in the nfl and he's gotten hot at one point in time um made a lot of money you know i think i think it's a good signing by baltimore in that it has upside to me it's like the it's like the um Gosh, who else? Somebody else did this now. I'm forgetting, but but anyway, it's, it's like he could he it'd be like if the Patriots signed Johnny Manziel. You know, you, there's nothing to lose here, right? Right. You you, you had the upside of a former first round pick who who showed a skill set at one point. I don't think it's coming back, but he he did show it at one point. And that the was Seahawks did it with Deion Jordan. Yeah, exactly, and it, that worked out. The it was interesting. Ozzie Newsom in his press conference was asked about picking at 16 and said. And it was asked about a quarterback too, and said, "Hey, you know, there's a, you're not. He's like, you're not far off, basically, and there's a good chance we won't be picking at 16, indicating that they might move up and add another quarterback, which means RG3 might not be long for Baltimore anyway. It's a one year, one million dollar deal, I think. Uh, so it's it's not like RG3 is locked into something here. The Ravens, I still think, are very much are players in the quarterback market for for this draft class. Yeah, I mean, how can they not be? Flacco's been horrible the last couple of years." Uh, you think if they just had an above-average quarterback last year, would they go 9-7 and seven with Flacco being below average almost the whole entire year? So they only he's 33. Another... Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I think if I'm if I'm the Ravens front office, I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm looking to replace Flacco, as crazy as that sounds, but he's just gone downhill since that Super win. I think he's had one good season in the last few years, so uh, yeah. I'm selling Joe Flacco. I I know we're not doing buy or sell, but I'm selling him. No, no, you can sell, you can buy or sell, you can sell, buy, sell anything you want. I mean, the thing about Joe Flacco is he, this is kind of amazing, right? He, he was the Super Bowl MVP in 2012. Did you know that he has never led the league in a single statistical category in his entire career, uh, in, in terms of a regular season, uh, a, a category like completion percentage, yards, touchdowns. He didn't even led in interceptions. I mean, I mean that's that's mind-boggling. But he did almost win me some money on HQ trivia the other day because there was do you a play that? Uh, sometimes. I mean, okay. it's, it's there's seventy-five thousand dollars on. I'm going to play. I, I know. I feel like I should be playing. I played the other night. It looks fun. But the, one of the questions was, who's the only quarterback in NFL history to throw two touchdowns in like three straight games in the playoffs? 
and the options were Flacco, Joe Montana, and Tom Brady. And, you know, everybody guessed Brady and Montana, and Flacco was the answer because of that crazy 2012 postseason. Did you, did you then lose on the next question? I did, which was like question 10. It, it was oh. close. It got down. Yeah, it was It was pretty late. Um, okay, so in the in the vein of that RG3 thing, we're going to do what I did today. And I didn't even send you – this is how good you are at this, John. I didn't even send you um, – now I'm trying to download HQ Trivia on my – uh, on my phone. That's why I'm, I'm stuttering here. But um, we're going to rank the quarterbacks <laughs> for the 2012 draft class. And I'll let you start. Let's just give me your – the number one is obvious, right? Russell Wilson? Is yes. That, oh, yeah. I guess you don't I guess you don't have a list in front of you and you didn't prepare for this, so I could probably well, start. No, no. I can, I, can, I can wing it a little bit because Russell Wilson is – I know Andrew Luck is obviously in that draft class. But no, Russell, Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson is the obvious easy answer. And this is who let's, – let's, let's base it on um, – let's base it on where they are right now. So, like, if you were redrafting right now, like, you don't – you know, it's not like you're going back to 2012 and drafting. In other words, you get the Tannehill injury. You get the Russell – the, you know um, – you get you know what Russell Wilson has become. You know we're that, drafting these guys five years into their career. Exactly, but only the guys from 2012. Exactly. All right, um, I got it. I got so it. So number one, Russell Wilson, easy choice at number one. Played at the MVP level last year. It's taking the Seahawks to the playoffs multiple times. Has won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, played well behind a, an offense that featured no offensive line, no running back, and basically him dropping back and scrambling around, and then and then chucking the ball and inventing stuff. So I think Russell Wilson, a clear number one, and he's perfectly healthy and is shown to be durable. He, you know, he's a little bit older in the, because he came into the league at the age of twenty three. Russell Wilson will be Russell Wilson will turn thirty. In this coming season, that's kind of crazy. Um, you think he could hold up even with that style of play, but do you take him right now because I think he has the most upside and the highest floor too. Oh yeah, even even the way he plays, he's got a good five years left. Uh, you know, he can play with athleticism like that for five or six more years. He can't play until he's forty, like Brady, with his style of play, and maybe he'll adjust. Who knows? But he's got five or six more years, so he's definitely the first pick. Yeah, right there. The second pick comes down to your choice, I think, of either. Well, no, yeah, it comes down to either Andrew Luck, who of course is dealing with a, a major shoulder injury, and we don't we haven't seen him throw a, a football in I think eight, like eighteen months, or Kirk Cousins, who just signed a three year eighteen million or uh, eighty three million dollar deal with the uh, with eighty three yeah eighty three million dollar deal with the Minnesota Vikings. Who you got, Cousins or Luck? Okay, this is going to sound crazy, but your rule, your one rule here is where these players stand today. And I have been thinking this for the past six months. I do not – I am not 100% convinced that Andrew Luck is ever going to play again. So until I see Andrew Luck throw a football – if he could throw a football 50 yards, it would be a practice football, and he could throw it to a laundry basket. I don't care what his target is. I need to see him throw a football 50 yards. Until that happens, I'm going with Kirk Cousins. You know what? I went with Kirk Cousins to it too. That that to me that was an easy one. I'm trying to find my actual story, um, but uh, look, Kirk Cousins was really good in 2017, and there was a long stretch where we weren't sure if he was a system guy or if he was, you know, um, somebody who could elevate the guys around him. I think last year, with all the struggles the the Redskins had on the offensive line in terms of health, and Terrell Pryor was a, a bust, and he just lost to Sean Jackson, he just lost Pierre Garçon, I think with all of those factors in play, Kirk Cousins really stepped up and elevated his game, enough so, obviously, that the uh, that the Minnesota Vikings gave him all of that money. And it's pretty crazy, John, because 
Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins were basically afterthoughts. Um, they, they came into the draft. And, and by the way, let's not forget that Kirk Cousins delivered Russell Wilson the Wisconsin's only regular season loss in the 2011 season on a crazy Hail Mary for Michigan that, that ruined Russell Wilson's Heisman chances. And Michigan the, State, don't get everyone Michigan mad State, at you. sorry, did I say Michigan? Okay, Michigan State. Yes, Michigan State. <laughs> Sorry, um, I got I got too hyped up about that. About actually remembering that that happened. I remember where I remember actually remember where I was when I watched that game. At any rate, um, it's crazy that like Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson were third and fourth round picks, sort of afterthoughts in what was supposed to be a great quarterback class. Drafted after a guy like Brock Osweiler, drafted after a guy like Brandon Whedon, after Andrew Tannehill. I mean Ryan Tannehill, Andrew Luck, and and of course RG three. And now I think that they are clearly the one and the two in this draft class. Uh, well, if you, if anybody would have said it, it lets you look at the 2012 quarterbacks and say three of these guys picked in a row are all going to be on Super Bowl winning teams, you would have gone probably Luck, RG3, and Ryan Tannehill. You know, those were three quarterbacks, in a, not in a row in the draft, but those were three quarterbacks taken. And Brock Osweiler, Russell Wilson, and Nick Foles. We have three Super Bowl winners in this draft class. Like how crazy is that? That I think I actually wrote that Osweiler was the only other one besides Russell to win the Super Bowl, which is stupid because I even wrote that Nick Foles is the Super Bowl MVP, which makes me a moron. I have to go now and edit that right away. It's been, it's too late. It's already been read. It's already been ruined. But yeah, you're right. Like nobody predicts that Nick Foles, Russell Wilson, and Osweiler are the, are the, are the quarterbacks who wins the Super Bowl. So the next question is your third pick in this draft class. Would you go with Andrew Luck? Nick Foles or Ryan Tannehill? I'm sticking to rule A of my decision-making here. Until I see Andrew Luck throw a pass, he's not on my draft board. I'm taking Nick Foles. And then I'm taking Tannehill. Wow. And then Luck. <laughs> wow, really? So Andrew Luck would be fifth on this list for you? I, I You know, I'm telling you, I, I'm not if, – if we're drafting this to start my franchise, I'm not drafting an injured quarterback. I'm going to tell you that. Mm. You're going to draft an injured quarterback to start your franchise? No, that's a, it's a good point. I took, look, I went with luck number three because I still think there's plenty of upside with him. He played an MVP level when he was healthy. Now you're right. We haven't seen him throw, you know, the reports out of India. It's like, well, he's starting to throw tiny footballs. It's like, that's not a good report. <laughs> like, that's not can throw tiny footballs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My 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 four year old son Robbie can throw tiny footballs. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't need to. I don't need to know that Andrew Luck is throwing. Or it's like, it's like he's throwing really light footballs. This isn't. This isn't good news. I mean, granted, it's it's April and they got plenty of time. Um, but I do think that the, the fact that the Colts traded out of number three to number six. And the fact that they've talked about trading down again indicates that Luck will eventually be healthy. I don't buy that Nick Foles is – like I think Nick Foles is a really streaky quarterback who can get hot, but I don't want him to be my starter if I can help it. I think he's a very high-end backup. He would start for multiple teams. Um, but I think Andrew Luck would still command two first-round picks. I don't think – or at least one. I don't think Ryan Tannehill would, and I don't think Nick Foles would. I'll take Luck, Tannehill, and then Foles because Tannehill has two seasons with over 4,000 passing yards, and if he hadn't gotten hurt with that ACL injury and the, and the Dolphins hadn't screwed it up like like the Colts screwed up Luck's injury, Luck's injury I think Tannehill would have had a, a you know four back-to-back pretty good seasons, and we may, might even be talking about him as the number one or number two guy on here. And, and you know, one thing you were saying about the Colts trading back and, and that meaning that Andrew Luck, the Colts feel comfortable that he's going to be healthy. 
to me that says that they're comfortable with Jacoby Brissett. So if mm. Luck doesn't get healthy, you know, like I thought Jacoby Brissett looked pretty good at times last year. Now you have a, a quarterback whisperer coming in as the Colts head coach. And, you know, if I'm the coach, I'm not afraid to go into a season with him and, and put more talent around him. Well, you know, NC State is quarterback U, QBU. So with Jacoby Brissett, you have a good option there. And by the way, I put this, I put the gif of, um, and I mentioned this because my next, my number six pick in this, in this list, uh, RG3. I'm taking RG3 over the Brock Lobster, who had it seven, and, uh, and then Brandon Whedon, who I had at eight. When you go back and watch the gifts and like the videos and the clips of RG3 from his rookie year, he was incredible. I mean, he was, it was an incredible season. He's still, John, the only quarterback in, in the only player in NFL history to run for over, uh, 3,000, pass for over 3,000 yards, run for over 800 yards, and complete 65% of his passes. Yeah. I mean, look, you look at that. Was it the Seahawks he got injured against? Yeah. And that, that playoffs? bad field. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that absolutely felt like a game the Redskins were going to win. They had all wrapped up. And then all of a sudden, RG3 gets hurt. And it's like, you know, it's been going down. The wheels fell off the wagon. Things have been going downhill for the last six years for that dude. So I almost feel sorry for him. I'm rooting for him. That's why I'm rooting for him. It's just he was so phenomenal his rookie year. And you don't see that often in football with a one-year wonder at quarterback. Because if they're good, they're good. And, you know, RG3 just hasn't mentally and even maybe physically recovered completely from that injury. So, yeah, it's it's tough. And I would definitely rank him where you have him ranked. Uh, then would you go, would you go with Brock Osweiler or Brandon Whedon, um, as your, as your seven and eight? Because I think that's pretty much the end of any, uh, real discussion when you talk about the quarterbacks in this class. Come on, Brenton. I can't put Ryan Lindley in the conversation. That he's, man he's started an NFL playoff game. Started more, actually, hadn't Brandon Whedon started a playoff game too? Did Whedon start a playoff game? Osweiler, I guess Osweiler hasn't started a playoff game. No, no, no. Had, Os- Osweiler would have started for the Texans in, uh, no, no for Whedon. I can't remember if Osweiler started one for the Texans or not. I'm going to tell you in a second. Have to go to, yes, to yes. Osweiler has two for Houston because they, be- they beat the Raiders and then he went to New England the next week and they got throttled by the Patriots when they're 18-point underdogs. Remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, so yeah. Osweiler actually has uh, two, one more start than Ryan Lindley. At, uh, at quarterback. I just want to make sure we mention Ryan Lindley, the pride of San Diego State. That's fine. As long as I can mention B.J. Coleman, who was an undrafted free agent. Um, do you know where he went to high school? Uh, I do not, but I know he's from Tennessee. He is. He went to UT, University of Tennessee at Chattanooga after transferring from Knox from t- UTK. Uh, went to the Macaulay School, the prestigious Macaulay School, which also claims yours truly as an alumni. Um, I don't want to say that I'm uh, – I don't uh, Ted Turner is probably the most famous alumni out of there, but then I'm sure I have a close second. Um just kidding. I'm not. I'm not. You remote. and BJ Coleman went to the same high school. That's the most unbelievable thing. Yeah, I've ever heard in my entire life. And there was actually, um, in fact, when BJ Coleman was at the combine, Greg Caldwell, who now works, lives in Charlotte and works for NASCAR, but used to work for uh, for the Broncos, was at. We were all at the combine, so there was like a media guy at the combine, a team guy at the combine, and a player at the combine, all from Macaulay, and all three of us uh, went to Macaulay. So that was that was kind of cool. Um, one more fun fact about this draft class. Do you know? Well, it's not a fun fact. It's just a question. Do you know how, how old are you? 
Well, wait, let me give one more quarterback because okay. there's a Matt quarterback who was the final one taken in the draft that year, and it was oh. Chandler Harnish who got drafted by the Colts. The Redskins weren't the only team that drafted two quarterbacks. The Colts also did. They oh. took Luck and Harnish. Harnish didn't work out quite as well as Kirk Cousins, did he? Yeah, not at all. Um, how, you, how old are you again? Same age as you. Are we the same age? I keep thinking you're younger for some reason. No, we're the same age. Okay. But you're older than me because your birthday will make you older than me in June. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, I, I, I get I – get, that's right. Okay. I get confused because Ryan Wilson is so much older than both of us. Um, do you know who's not much younger than us? Brandon Whedon. He's 34 now. He's 34. The, the, the Browns drafted a 28-year-old quarterback. What do you think? <laughs> He's literally past his athletic prime. Why were you drafting a 38-year-old quarterback, and why did any of us think that that might be a good idea? Honestly, I don't think anyone did think it. That was one yeah, pick right. where everyone literally said, what are the Browns doing? And then you look at the long list of quarterbacks the Browns have drafted, and you're like, oh, they're just trying to reach rock bottom because they haven't done it yet. And it took them six more years, but they finally did reach rock bottom last season. So good for you, Browns. And no, that Whedon pick, I think that was a pick that was universally panned when they made it, right? Uh, it might have been. People like the Trent Richardson pick, but not the Whedon pick. Yeah. Um, okay, ding. That's it for us. That's the show. We ran uh, a little bit longer than 30 minutes. That's okay. We ranked all the quarterbacks from the 2012 draft class. Follow John Breach on Twitter at John Breach. I'm at Will Brinson. The podcast is at Pick 6 Pod. If you rate and review, we greatly appreciate it. Five stars. Leave a comment. Tell us if you like the daily stuff. Tweet at us. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow.